Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're finding ways to cool off and, you know, just enjoy what's left of the summer. We're about halfway through, I guess, the summer, depending on how you do things in your family, how your school schedule goes. But um, look, and, and I've got a lot to talk about today. We're about a month since the overturning of Roe versus Wade, the Dobbs v. Jackson court decision out of the U.S. Supreme Court that came down on June 24th, uh, uh, just about four weeks ago. And so a lot's happened since then. A lot of good things have happened, but we're going to take an opportunity really to reset and see what's going on in the pro-life movement uh, and what we need to be thinking about as we move forward. And so really uh, no one better that I could think of to have that conversation with us today. And if you're watching on Facebook, share this uh, post, this video, like it, get it into some groups. Let's get a lot of people a part of this conversation. And if you're listening on the radio or some of our podcasts and so on, download those, share those with people, subscribe on YouTube, all those different things that you have to do to continue to stay connected with us because we've got a great guest today. Abby Johnson is our guest today on the Texas Values Report. And if you're not familiar with her, particularly in the state of Texas, but also throughout the country, she is one of the most widely recognized pro-life voices um, in the pro-life movement. She spent a substantial amount of time in the abortion movement, left that movement. A movie was made about it. A book was written about it. And she's done a tremendous amount of pro-life work since then. But the insight that she has from what happens and what happened during the abortion industry has been so key. But now she works on a variety of different pro-life things, but certainly helping women that are leaving the abortion movement. And I bet you're going to see a lot more of that happening. Abby, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, Jonathan. Well, it's good to be with you. It's good to talk to a, uh, a fellow Texan. And, you know, it's it's hard to think about this, that it's already been a month, right? It's been four weeks. Mm-hmm. I have hardly rested and I'm not complaining. OK, there's a lot of good stuff that has happened. I feel much better being on this side of Roe versus Wade and having a lot more work to do or a lot more things to think about and ways to respond and all of those things. And, uh, and counting the estimated numbers of babies that have been saved, um, you know, and this is what we were hoping for. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm I'm not in Texas as we're recording this. I'm in uh, in Arizona for a conference with a lot of like-minded folks. Uh, Texas Values is a part of a the State Family Policy Council network. We've got 40 different groups that are here, some national organizations, a lot of great people that are part of the life movement, and that's what a lot of people are talking about. What we're going to be doing next, but also what's happening right now, but still, still spending some time pausing and reflecting and celebrating, if you will, but just letting it sink in how special it was to see Roe versus Wade get struck down. And as a matter of fact, I don't know that you and I have talked since then. Maybe we've exchanged some text messages or whatever, Um, but feel free to share that as well as it's, you know, really settled in more that Roe versus Wade is no more. And that matters a little bit more to us as Texans. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Um, I mean, most of the abortion facilities in Texas have closed, uh, which is, you know, very exciting. Um, but I think it's also a time to remember for Texans that, um, you know, this isn't the end, um, at all. Uh, we still have a lot of work to do and people need to remember that, the bulk of abortions 
are not surgical abortions anymore in 2022. The bulk of abortions are taking place via medication. So are you 46 abortions? And the majority of those abortions are taking place through the mail. And so, you know, we still have a lot of work to do. We still, um, have to support our pregnancy centers in a way that, you know, maybe we haven't before. So it's not a time for us just to sit around on our bums and say, okay, we've won this victory and now we're done. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of money pouring into States like Texas to, you know, what they say, turn Texas blue. Um, so we, we have a lot of work to, that's set in front of us that we have to do. And so, uh, now it's not the time to become, you know, complacent or apathetic pregnancy centers are busier than ever. And so yes. they definitely need our support. You know, and you're absolutely right. And it's a good opportunity for me to remind people that the state of Texas passed in their two-year budget, $100 million that's available through the alternatives to abortion program for pregnancy centers and nonprofits and others to get access to, to support those women and babies. And we've got a link set up. If you go to our website, texasheartbeatlaw.com, you can find out how to get in touch with the pregnancy center in your local area to have that support. Or maybe you just want to support them. Maybe you want to go volunteer. Maybe you want to make a donation uh, whatever you think you can do to, to help on this issue, because there's no doubt they're seeing more activity. Some of the activity they're seeing is attacks. Literally, some people I'm here in Arizona and my colleague, the woman that runs the group like mine in Wisconsin, Julaine Appling, she's one of those um, centers and facilities and locations where her her building was firebombed by people because they knew that she was pro-life. We know some of the pregnancy centers are experiencing some of those attacks. Um, we know there's some uh, federal elected officials that are targeting them, that want them shut down, that want to take away or make it difficult for them to get any type of funding. And so they've got things coming at them from a lot of different directions. Uh, prayers would certainly, sure, I'm sure, be appreciated. But I imagine there are people, I mean, look, Whole Women's Health, one of the most you know well-known or talked about abortion entities in the state of Texas is fleeing. They're leaving. Unfortunately, there's a, you know, they're trying to go to New Mexico where I've got, you know, co a colleague that's here. They've got to deal with that coming to their state. We'll see how long those strategies last. But I'm wondering with the ministry that you do, Abby, um, with helping women or being there for women that are leaving the abortion movement, if you're seeing, you know, more activity or what's that been like uh, for that type of work that you do since Roe versus Wade was overturned? Yeah, we are receiving, you know, more calls from from people that are wanting to leave the abortion industry, um, which, you know, is interesting. We we thought that we were going to be getting a lot of calls from uh, workers whose clinics are now shut down, um, you know, who are like, uh oh, I'm out of, I'm out of a job. We got to work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we're not actually getting those calls yet as of yet, um, maybe we will, but we're actually getting calls from workers in states where abortion is still legal. Wow. Abortion is still accessible, you know, sanctuary states, uh, as Gavin Newsom has said, like California, we're getting calls from workers in those clinics because they're quite disgusted, um, with what's happening in their state. They're disgusted with what's happening at these clinics, uh, you know, women that are, you know, coming from all over the country, um, 
And they're like, this is not what I signed up to do. This is not what I signed up for. Um, you know, I thought I was getting in here to help these, you know, tragic situations. And now we have women coming in that are just using abortion as birth control. Well, and this is not what I, this is not what I signed up for. This no, is not it, what it, I wanted to do. Right. And it begs the question. We're talking with Abby Johnson, pro-life leader from the state of Texas, but certainly someone who travels around the country, you know, one of the, the most highly sought after speakers on the pro-life movement. A lot of that is because of her tremendous pro-life work, but also the insight that she has in the abortion industry where she spent some time, left that industry and has such good insight on a lot of what's really happening behind some of those doors. And, and, what, and one of the things that we heard for so long, right, was, oh, from the abortion entities, this is just a small part of what we do. We do so many other things to help women. Well, if it's only 3% of your business or whatever small percentage, then why do you have to shut down because abortion is no longer legal in the state of Texas and others? And so I think it's allowing us to see the truth that you and others have known many years um, that it's all about abortion for them. There's no question. Yeah, it is. It's completely about abortion. And um, they've they've shown that over and over again. It's about the bottom line for them. But even more than that, Jonathan, it's really it's about, you know, exploiting women. Um, it's about taking advantage of women. I think it's it's even moved beyond the money. You know, for so long, we've talked about, you know, money, money, money for the abortion industry. But I think it's more than that now. Um I think it's rooted in something so much deeper. I think we can see so clearly that there is something very, you know, we know that there's something very demonic about abortion. We know that there is, you know, abortion is rooted in evil. Um, and we, we see just this craziness that has taken over the left when it comes to abortion. We see what's happening at these, you know, these, protest because women are so angry that Roe has been overturned. You know, they're yelling that they want to kill their babies, you know. Oh, yeah. The babies, I mean, they're the saying that specifically, you know, it's I mean, disgusting. I've seen some of those videos. It's, um, you know, and, and people wouldn't believe it if you didn't hear and, and see that. But, you know, and it confirms what, you know, many of us have thought for a long time or sort of feared. Right. We didn't want to believe that, but it certainly seen that way. That is how a lot of people feel. And, and they're, some of them are not shying away from calling it a pregnancy, right? They'll say, right. yeah, I want to, you know, I should have the right to kill my baby. And I just, you know, it, it sort of defies logic, but, um, it, but we're seeing some of those things, unfortunately, as troubling as they are. And then we're seeing Congress, not even particularly Democrats, not even being willing to pass a law or a resolution or some type of statement condemning the actions and the aggressiveness to some of the abortion moves. You talk about demonic and, and things that are evil. You know, mm -hmm. this one scene where I forget where the pregnancy center is in the uh, facility where they poured blood over the, yeah. you know, the, the front door. I mean, it's just so over the top and graphic. A lot of those are intimidation tactics. As yeah. Oh, of course. And, but it's such a, it's just, I mean, it's almost sort of funny too, because these, these people on the left, they don't even know what they want. Right. So for years they've been saying, uh, you know, oh, we want the government out of our uterus. We want them, you know, out of our bodies, blah, blah, blah. So the Supreme court says, okay, 
right? We're going to, we're going to get the federal government out of your body, right? We're going to get the federal government out of your uterus. That's essentially what they said, right? And we're going to, yeah. we're going to, we're going to take it back to the States, right? The States are going to legislate it. And so then they're like, oh, wait, that, wait, that's not what we wanted, right? Go back, go back. We want the federal government back in our uterus, right? Yeah. And we so, want to burn the Supreme Court down yeah, so for saying like, that. No, wait, that, that's not what we wanted. They give we're letting they y'all want, choose. And then they're like, no, that's not what we want. Right. And then they're like, we want democracy. We want democracy. So the Supreme Court says, okay, we're going to give you democracy. Right. Now you can have it back at the state level. And then they're like, oh, no, not not that kind of democracy. (laughs) Right. And then they're like, you guys are pro birth. You don't care about about women. You don't care about babies after they're born. And we're like, no, we do. We have over 3000 pregnancy centers. Right. That care about women that help women and babies. And they're like, oh, you do. Oh, well, where are they? Because we want to burn them down. I mean, yeah, that's it's, right. it's, it's insane. Exactly. They don't no, even it's, know what they're talking about. And it's really troubling. And, and I tell you, and it's a good reset point, right? What did the Supreme Court do? The Supreme Court essentially said, we're no longer going to be the ones deciding this issue. And we never should have been to the, to, you know, from the beginning. So states, y'all now get to decide what we do. And that really means the people right. get to decide what we're going to do. It's no longer nine people in black robes in D.C. making this type of decision. It's not our decision to make. Abortion is not a constitutional right at the federal level. Y'all decide and figure it out. But I will say this. I do believe the law is a teacher, and I don't think the Supreme Court should be making law. But there's no question that when they make a decision, it can have the impact of saying this is the law of the land. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how this impacts society and people's decisions, particularly in other states where, you know, abortion, um, you know, may may become a sanctuary state like California and others, that now that the Supreme Court said this is not a right and this is not necessarily legal from our perspective, I'm hoping we're going to see people say, well, maybe I should think about this a little bit more. Maybe there's a little bit more to this issue that I wasn't aware of. Oh, I yeah, I completely agree. And I I know I've said this before, Jonathan, but There were so many women who would come into our office and, you know, they would come into our Planned Parenthood and they would say to me, well, you know, I've always thought abortion was wrong, but it's legal. So I guess, I guess it's okay. I mean, you're right. The law is a teacher and, you know, people would say, some people will say, oh, well, you know, politics are downstream from culture. And some people say, oh, you know, culture is downstream from politics. I think it's both. And I think that there are going to be many, many people. I think there already are many, many people who are saying, okay, I, I need to learn from this. I need to learn from this decision and I need to rethink my decision because Roe has been overturned. Yeah. And look, this is a part of what's special about America, being able to have these conversations in a civil way where people do not have guns pointed at each other and into someone's head saying, you better believe this or I'm going to kill you. Now, some people do feel that way. And I think some of the actions that have happened to pregnancy centers, others amount to that. Um, but that's not what we stand for. And, and, you know, we recognize there's going to be some disagreement that a lot of people are going to be upset about the, the Roe versus Wade in the Dobbs v. Jackson decision. But it at least, you know, you hope that it gives us the opportunity to have more of these conversations for the majority of Americans, you know, for set aside some of the people that, um, you know, are, are going to go the extreme level. But it is troubling when you see congressional members not even being willing to condemn it. And it suggests to you that maybe there's a lot more built in hostility and particularly amongst some elected officials that we're going to have to deal with as well. Texas is doing that. Let's talk about Texas for just a second. Then then um, 
we're going to let you go because I know you've got some commitments. But in the state of Texas, we have a trigger law. It doesn't go into effect. This is a law that says Roe versus Wade is overturned. Abortion is completely banned in the state of Texas. Um, but it doesn't go into effect until there's a judgment entered 30 days after that. I want to get into all the procedural stuff. We're not there, though. But we've got statutes in place from before Roe. Uh, for many decades before that the attorney general said we're going to enforce. We filed an amicus brief, a letter brief at the Texas Supreme Court supporting this work. That's been upheld in the state courts. We're trying to get the federal courts out of this. And so, but the law of the land right now in the state of Texas is abortion is illegal. And so it's important for people to know that um, moving forward, the abortion entities gotten the message. Some of them have shut down or left, Um, but this is a great opportunity. And I want to circle back to where we started. You know, the funding from the alternatives to abortion, the pregnancy centers, the great work that you and other ministries you're involved in are doing, there definitely are, you know, if you can kind of block out or stay away from some of the noise, um, the real heart of what's happening right now is more women and families are looking for support. And that's where I think Texas can continue uh, to be so strong and be such a value on this issue. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, we've passed so much good legislation here in the state, you know, thanks in part to Texas values, um, what you guys have done. And, uh, you know, I think that we do need to, you know, provide aid, provide support. I mean, we look, you know, at our neighbor in New Mexico, what is happening there. Abortion clinics are, you know, they are going there. Um, they are opening facilities. There are late-term facilities there. You know, we need to activate in some of some of these places. We need to help legislators there. We need to, you know, when we can, be out on the sidewalks there. I mean, we need to lend aid to, you know, some of these other states that are, you know, undoubtedly going to be struggling with an abortion problem. Well, and some of them are trying to entice people to come to their yes. state. And I think, you know, we're involved in some conversations to clamp down on some of that. I mean, some, some of that you know, maybe difficult to see how much of that you can um, you can stop. And so I think it's it's two parts of it, working on some policy solutions that make it less likely that they're able to do that. But at the same time, and maybe a little bit more so, spreading that love and support and that strong message there that we're here for the woman and the baby, as Kristen Hawkins said at one of our events, that no woman stands alone after Roe versus Wade goes down. I know you're a big part of that. Abby, I appreciate all the work you continue to do. And I appreciate you uh, having some time to have a conversation with us. And thank you for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Of course. Thank you for having me. Oh, great. Well, that was great to just a little summertime, a little summer catch up time with Abby Johnson. I know she travels a lot, but I know she's got a big family and she likes to be at home and spend time with them as many of us do. So we're great to have her today. I've got a couple of minutes left and I just wanted some programming notes um, that I didn't get to mention earlier. We made an announcement last week. Our annual policy event is in September on September 23rd and 24th. Speaking of Abby Johnson, she's been one of our speakers two different times. This will be the fifth year that we've had this event. Um, I'm just going to tell you, I got a couple of conversations I'm happening right now with some incredible speakers that maybe we're going to get confirmed today or tomorrow, and I'm hoping to get to announce that. So mark your calendars, save the date, okay? We're going to send out a ticket link pretty soon here, but save the date. Friday and Saturday, September 23rd and 24th in Austin, Great Hills Baptist Church. This is the Texas Values Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum. This is our biggest policy event of the entire year. 
You don't want to miss it. We're going to make it affordable. And there's a half day event on Friday. Then there's a private dinner on Friday night. Saturday is more of a full day event, nine to four. Uh, my understanding for you know us in the Austin area and football fans, there is not a football game in Austin. The Longhorns are not playing that uh, weekend in Austin. I think they're, as a matter of fact, I think they're in Lubbock at Texas Tech. But um, and so, you know, that clears things up a little bit for some people's schedule to travel. I know there's some other events that are happening that weekend in Austin that maybe you're a part of. Maybe you come to our event for one day, you go to one the other. But mark your calendar, September 23rd and 24th, the Texas Values Faith, Family and Freedom Forum. This is an educational policy event. It's not a political event. It's not a fundraiser. We're going to keep the cost low so we can get hundreds of people at Great Hills Baptist Church in Austin so as many people as possible can be a part of it. We're going to talk about what's happening on stopping child gender modification, what's happening on the college sports issues, right? We see Leah Thomas, this male swimmer that's competing in the women's sports at the college level and won an NCAA championship. He's now been nominated to be swimmer of the year or some uh, national award as well as the woman athlete of the year, I think is maybe what it is. And so that issue continues to be of concern. We're going to talk about that. A lot of focus on what's going on in the pro-life movement, what we need to be doing moving forward, whether that's legislation, whether that's community. We're going to have national, state, and local speakers, a plenty to keep your interest. And this is an event to bring the whole family to, okay? Um, grandmas, grandpas, moms, dads, kids, students, whatever. We're going to make it affordable and make it interesting because we want you to be a part of it. As we say every year, the goal of this event is to educate, motivate, and activate on the issues of faith, family, and freedom. And so we're going to try to continue to do our work. Um, and just a note too, right? We ended our fiscal year at the end of June. Thank you if you helped us. We did meet our goals. It was absolutely extraordinary. We had one of the best fiscal years that we've ever had. Going into the second half of the year, we're celebrating, can you see in my hands, 10 years of Texas values. You're going to see a lot more messaging on that because it is absolutely wonderful to know we've been around 10 years and we continue to get bigger and stronger throughout that time. But, you know, look, just being able to successfully run a business, if you will, and stay afloat and stay active and successful for 10 years is also something we're very grateful. And you've been a big part of that. But we've got expenses this month, too, right? A new fiscal year starts. If you haven't made a donation this month and you've got an opportunity to do that, maybe June wasn't a good month for you. July is. So, that is started up again. Texas Values is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Donations are tax deductible. You can make those donations at txvalues.org. You know, it's interesting. I was talking about the male swimmer issue, Leah Thomas, who is from Texas, in case you're not aware of that. When he was a swimmer in the high school level, he was a swimmer at Westlake High School, one of the most well-known high schools, not only in the Austin area, but in the entire state and to some extent the country, right? You've got different people that have come from that high school, like Drew Brees, Nick Foles that went on to win Super Bowls as NFL players, other great athletes. They won two champ state championships. Their most recent quarterback, Cade Klubnick, is now a big recruit that's going to be going to Clemson uh, to play football out there. And so this is where Leah Thomas was a swimmer as a boy, as a man. And now he decided to swim in the women's division at the um, collegiate level. And so that's got a lot of attention this week because he's been nominated to be either athlete or swimmer of the year. And rightly so. You see people like Chris Everett, Martina Navratilova, and I'm not really sure where their politics are. I think Martinez are a little bit left, if you will. And so you've got people from both sides of the spectrum, so to speak, and predominantly women that are athletes 
that are saying this is this is wrong. We have got to stop doing it. It's not fair. It's taking away from the history and the significance of Title IX and the ability for women to have these type of resources and enough. And so you're all seeing some swimming industries come in and pull back on some of this stuff. But that issue is going to continue to be uh, extremely hot. And of course, what's happening at the federal level, Congress pushing back and not, um, you know, acknowledging that we can't keep attacking pregnancy centers, as well as a vote this week to try to pass a law that says, you know, same sex marriage is now the law of the land as a federal law. And some, you know, reporters being surprised that, oh, there's some people that still are against same sex marriage. Of course, there are. Remember, speaking of the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court decided this issue, okay? The state legislatures did not. And as a matter of fact, we already spoke on that issue in Texas. 76% of people that went to the ballot in 2005 said marriage between a man and a woman. And I know it's been a few years since then, but it's not been that long. So we may see that issue heat up. Support, we're going to be uh, providing some support for Senator Ted Cruz, who's made it clear that his position has not changed. It's not evolved like it did for some people. And so enter in those those debates and discussions and know we're we're going to continue to fight those battles and and be clear that the biblical definition of marriage has not changed, nor has it ever changed. And it certainly hasn't for Texas values. But if you continue to see value in our work, let us know, drop us an email, send us a, drop a comment, send us a note. And we do this show every week. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.